Hi, and welcome to the Vancouver Life Podcast. This podcast is created to answer the most talked about questions when it comes to navigating the Vancouver real estate market. I'm your host, Dan Wartell, a licensed agent and accredited real estate investment advisor based here in Vancouver, and I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan Dash. Hi, Dan. I'm also a local realtor, an exhausted father of two, husband of one, and really happy to be here. Let's get right into today's episode. As the June market flatlines, is summer pointing to a downward trend? Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of the Vancouver Life Real Estate Podcast and YouTube channel. Uh, Today, the stats are out for June and uh, something, um, well... Somewhat predictable, but uh, at the end of the day, the numbers are still uh, sustainable, quite strong. But generally speaking, um, the indicators are continuing their downward trend just at a little slower pace. Um, You know, Metro Vancouver is easing, uh, you know, from the crazy, crazy months that we've had. So it's nice to see a little bit of that pullback, maybe a little breath for some buyers here. and uh, excited to get into the numbers. Um, so Dan, why don't you take us off with uh, home sales and we'll go from there. Okay, much appreciated. Okay, uh, home sales, our first number, first indicator. Looking at June, we saw 3,762 homes sold last month. Uh, coming off of a low baseline, you know, last June was still quite pandemic-induced uh, with a pullback. So, I mean, there was 54% more homes sold than last June. But again, um, what's really important here and what we want you to pay more attention to is that we were 12% down from last month. Mm. So a pretty big decrease uh, since just last month, but also with March being the peak, we're down 34% in sales since then. So natural pullback here. Uh, March was, of course, uh, and probably will be the all-time high for many, many months and possibly years to come. But we were down 34% from there. Still, with these declines, uh, let's look at the macro picture. The 10-year June sales average, we're still 18% above that. So. You know, we're coming off of extreme highs. We're still elevated, but again, the trend is downward. Yeah, I don't know if that's uh, a bad thing. Um, I think it needs to be a little bit more sustainable, generally speaking. Um, I mean, the pace of of home sales over the last few months was just bananas. So to see it kind of taper off a little bit here, I think will be a welcome reprieve for a lot of buyers. Um, but again, if you're selling, you know, you've got to take this into consideration, right? Because everything you've been reading up until this day is um, it's not maybe the story going forward, right? So uh, especially let's take a look at uh, new listings because new listings was an interesting story uh, this month around. Um 5,849 new listings uh, hit the market in June. Um This, however, is only a 1.1% increase compared to the 5,787 homes sold, or sorry, listed in June of 2020. So pretty flat number uh, considering um, the pandemic and and everything else we've been through. Um, More interesting, uh, 17.9% decrease compared to May uh, when 7,000 homes, sorry, 7,100 homes were listed. Um, I think what this shows me is 
a couple of things. I think people were trying to catch on to the last of the tailwinds of that crazy market in May, um, you know, throwing their properties on the market. Uh, when we look at the fact that, you know, roughly similar numbers were hit this time last year, um, I'm seeing consistent consumption, right? Um, and then now we're also <laughs> looking at a lot of sellers that are probably going away. Uh, taking vacation, taking time off, the priority of selling their home uh, may have subsided a little bit here, especially with hot weather. I just think, um, you know, and, and especially with kids being out of school too, um, you know, I would expect sellers to largely hold off until September unless they absolutely have to sell. I know that trying to sell a house with children in the house is absolutely bananas too. So, um, you know, I think this is uh, cyclical. In, in in many ways. Um, but the story here is that really the numbers are flat and in many ways they're decreasing. Um, let's jump over to active listings. Right. So after we take our home sales and our listings, it's going to leave us with how many homes are actively still remaining on the marketplace. So we're looking at about 10,800 homes right now are publicly available for sale. Uh, this is down about 5% from a year ago, but it's also down 1.2% from just last month. Mm -hmm. So we were tight last month. And surprisingly, we we're even tighter here uh, coming into July. Because I mean, you look at the look at the numbers, right? Sure, we saw home sales down twelve percent last month, but we saw new listings down almost eighteen percent. Mm -hmm. So things are really kind of slowing down on both sides, but remaining very tight. And of course, if the sales are outpacing the listings, we're going to remain in a in a fairly active seller's market for some time. Not as extreme as it was, but um, and loosening a bit, but still, you know, very tight compared to our ten year averages. Yeah, those the velocity of sales um, is going to is going to drop, but not necessarily the sales ratios, right? And I think that that continues whether or not we're in a seller's market, balanced, or in a buyer's market. So sales ratio is what we're going to look at next. That's my favorite thing to look at um, because it is the best indicator in terms of behavior, what's going on in the marketplace. Um, so generally speaking, across all asset types, um, we're at thirty four point seven percent. Call it thirty five percent. Um, which puts us still in a strong seller's market, right? Anything above 20%. Um, you know, we were at 37% in May, so a bit of a moot change there, not too much um, happening. Uh, it's just a small, steady drop from the month before. However, when you look at March, we were at 58%, right? So we're down nearly 20% from that um, high in March, right? Um, now, if we actually break that down into asset classes, um, we actually hit 27.5% for detached homes, which is kind of a breath of fresh air if you're thinking of trying to buy one. Um, because back in March, that number was at 48%, right? So I think this is a bit of a result of uh, prices that have climbed to such or escalated to such um, high numbers, right? So the buyer pool is continuing to shrink. Um, and, you know, generally speaking, activity levels are falling off um, in that asset class, right? Um, so begs the question, you know, is a lot of that property just simply out of reach now for the general buying public? Um, yeah, I think there's parts, pockets anyways that are. With that being said, we'll touch on it later, though. Some of them, I think the highest volume of expensive homes was this month. <laughs> um, anyhow, looking at townhomes... Um, Townhomes are still in a very strong seller's market, 49.2% uh, for townhomes. Uh, 
That's down though from nearly 80% in March. <laughs> so, uh, you know, an even bigger drop off, if you will. Uh, but I do think that that number in March was extremely high. And um, I think that actually where we're sitting now for townhomes based on price point, availability, stock, I don't know if we'll see, you know, it'll decline a little bit now just going through the summer, but I really don't think that you're going to see much of a balanced market or a buyer's market in that territory. Townhomes are just so desirable and, you know, the, the detached cost is just so high that I think that townhomes will remain, duplexes will remain sort of the property uh, that the vast majority of buyers are going to chase. Um, let's just talk about apartments too. Apartments at 37.1%. Uh, so still a strong seller's market for apartments. Um, however, down from 61% in March, right? So continuing that downward trend. I do think the low end of the market, so the 350 to kind of 500, 600K is still very persistent. There's still a lot of action. Um, we actually had a client this morning, wrote an offer last night on a property and this morning was in multiples on it. So, um, you know, it depends on what you're trying to buy, exactly where you're trying to buy. But, um, you know, I think because of the, the lower cost of entry, we're still going to see some um, persistent buying um, and selling taking place in apartments. Let's talk price. Everybody wants to know about price. And as of today, the average home in Vancouver, $1,175,000. So when you look back a full year into June 2020, we're up 14.5% wow. in the average price. Wow. Obviously a massive number. And, and we've been hearing about these double-digit gains for months now. Uh, they are sustaining. Uh, but the big difference and what we really want to point out here is it's only a 0.2% increase from last month, essentially flat. Hmm. Um, the biggest takeaway that we want you to grab from that is that's the first sort of flat indicator of HPI price uh, that we've seen dating back to November of 2020. Hmm. So we've had quite a run at that was, gosh, you know, you look at the chart, it's almost vertical. So to see it go flat, it's a real indicator of where things are likely about to head next. Yeah, it's kind of like bouncing off the top, right? Or, or at least cresting in some way, shape or form, whether it maintains, we'll see. Um, but, um, you know, the average increase, sorry, um, the median only drops $750 though. So again, like you said, almost a moot point here in terms of, of price, gro price yeah. growth. Yeah, we really like to share at least three price indicators because the more data, the more accurate and the more educated everybody is as to what's truly happening in the market. Mm -hmm. So you've got HPI that was basically flat 0.2%. You've got median that dropped, but like 750 bucks. Oh, yeah. um, but then average, yeah, average is an interesting one because the average home price last month increased up to $1.196 million, which is up about 15,000 from the month before. Uh, but we are under the April peak of a million two hundred twelve thousand And I think what largely pushed up the uh, average home price was that last month in June, there were 43 homes in GBRD that sold over the $5 million price point. Whoa. Nine of those were over 10 million. Holy and two were over $18 million. Wow, that's a lot of, that's a lot of expensive homes. Yeah, those top nine homes alone were uh, worth $120 million combined. <laughs> so wow. 
when you compare that 43 homes over 5 million, uh, looking back just one month previous into May, for example, there were only 36 homes over 5 million and three over 10, as opposed to nine last month. So the average price increase up 15K is kind of skewed by the top end of the market here. It can, yeah, it'll get pulled up naturally when you're seeing that level of high-priced homes selling in a single singular month. Hmm. So the big money came out in June. Big money came out. Yeah, I think, um, again, the big money is feeling confident in the marketplace. Uh, a lot of these homes have pools. And guess what's coming around the corner here? I guess we're in it now is summer. Maybe that yeah. was a bit of a, an indicator. But uh, yeah, I mean, strong, strong, strong numbers at the high end that we're seeing in the luxury market back in Vancouver here. But let's bring it back down to home to the rest of us who can't afford 10, $18 million homes. <laughs> Average detached home. Um, we saw 1,262 of detached homes sell last month, which again, we've got these, these low baselines, right? So it was up like 46% over June. <laughs> um, so, you know, kind of ignore that. But benchmark price-wise, just cracked $1.8 million. That's a staggering number. That's the benchmark price for a detached home in Vancouver. I mean, a year ago, we were like 155. Jeez. Yeah. You know, so it's like if you were trying to buy a home uh, and you missed the boat or you decided to wait, or maybe you took CMHC's advice um, and thought that the market was going to tank, I mean, this is a gut wrenching boat to have missed. I mean, we're, we're talking about 22% increase in price. It's hundreds of thousands of dollars in equity made in one year, right? It's uh, that being said, though, you know, um, is it starting to flatline for the summer? Um, we'll see. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I think so, but I, I do think that come September and, uh, you know, the second half of the year, I think it's, I don't think it's done. Yeah, it's, prices were flat this month. And I think with that declining uh, sales to active listings ratio, Ryan, that uh, we're going to see a softening in summer. But yep. I, I also think we may see uh, another sort of reigniting of interest come uh, in the fall, right? Mm-hmm. September, October, when people are sort of back in real estate mode and after having a, you know spent a lot of money over summer and enjoyed themselves. Well, and I think as the economy also opens up and as travel between the uh, two countries continues to increase, um, you know, you're going to see a whole lot more in terms of international students that are going to come in, population's going to grow, you're going to have a whole lot more um, jobs uh, in terms of uh, especially tech in this city. Um, A lot of those people are going to be coming after the summertime, right? So I suspect there's going to be uh, uh, quite a push in September, October, and then for parts of November. But anyways, that remains to be seen. So let's look at condos now. Uh, last month, we saw about 1,775 condos sell, 60% higher than last June, but we know why. Um, but pricing, $737,600 is your average condo right now. Uh, up about 9% from a year ago. Uh, but again, flat month, only a 0.1% price increase since May. You want to know, um, uh, this is a little bit of a sidebar, but it just came into my head. You know, w- <laughs> the benchmark price for an apartment in Vancouver, $737,000. The benchmark price for buying a home, a single family home in the United States is $380,000. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just to put something in perspective. Anyways, on to townhomes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we won't. Um, yeah. It's... Don't need to dwell on that. 
but your townhomes anyways. Um, we saw, again, a 53.8% increase compared to the 472 sales last June. Uh, the benchmark price continues to climb here, $946,900. Um, you know, that represents a 17.4% increase from June 2020 um, and a slowing 1.1% increase compared to last month, right, in May. So um, I, I say a slowing, um, you know, that would still put us on average for about 13% on the year if we just continued at 1.1% a month. So, you know, it's still, it's still a big number. Yeah. I think it's also interesting to look at like that HPI going up as little as it did, because it kind of puts us back on target for a quote unquote, bit of a normal next 12 months, if it were to sustain, mm -hmm. right? We don't know. Things are starting to feel like the normal again, maybe the real estate market will as well. But of course, normal for Vancouver is what an average of 9% for the last 10 years. So Staggering number. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> so that's basically what happened last month. Um, those are our June numbers. Uh, we like to kind of give a bit of our thoughts into what's going to happen next. And, and part of how we do that, of course, is by pulling in data from uh, all sorts of sources. And of course, we can always look south, right? What's happening in the States? Because the markets here often emulate the States quite closely. And the States technically opened up, you know, uh, most of the States did anyway, a month or two or three prior to uh, British Columbia. And of course, what we're seeing there is um, home sales in the States, they dropped for like the fourth straight month now. Mm. So we're in what, the second or third month of home sales dropping. States is continuing to drop. So I predict that'll happen uh, throughout summer there as well. And I think the best way of noting that is because mortgage applications are falling. Mm. And of course, when people apply for mortgages, it's pretty uh, evident what's going to happen next. They're going to buy a home. So the fact that mortgage applications in the States are the lowest levels since January, 2020. So pre-pandemic, and they had a fairly normal market leading up into the pandemic. So I think uh, that's a really strong indicator that the U S market is going to uh, kind of dip as far as sales for at least the next two, three months here. Yeah. And I think uh, something that maybe speaks to that is that a record breaking 2.2 million people, flew south for the 4th of July weekend, right? So, I mean, we, we talked about it about 10 minutes ago, how we felt that, you know, the vast majority of people now are shifting their focus away from buying a home and into doing something for the summer, and rightfully so. And um, I think that that, you know, people are thinking about mortgages probably a little bit later in, in the year now, right? It's just people want out. They want to do something. They want to celebrate. They want to hang out. They want to have you know, drinks together, they want to be social, right? So, um, you know, speaking to that, um, and, and I'm sure you've heard it in your own reports, but um, the surge of travel was so intense that both the, in the roads and on the skies that it led to skyrocketing fuel prices, uh, rental car shortages, widespread flight disruptions, and airlines actually paying their staff double time just to simply do their jobs uh, to meet the demand that's currently coming through. So it's no surprise. It's not a hunch that we have. It's legitimately taking place, right? Um, actually, one more stat here. The U.S. weekly hotel occupancy is now at its highest levels since October 2019. People so, are excited to go on vacation again. And, and of course, money. <laughs> it's going to happen locally. I mean, have you tried booking a hotel in Kelowna lately for <laughs> wine country? It'll I have actually. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> what was that experience like? Terrible. Um, 
Well, I mean, terrible in the sense that um, last year I paid uh, for the I paid for a week in um, it was in West Kelowna Hotel in West Kelowna. I think it was about eight hundred bucks we paid for the week or something like that. Um, they want a thousand a night right now. Jeez. So yeah. and they're gonna get it. Yeah, yeah. It's very difficult to to even find spots, and that's why it's that's why it's at a thousand, right? Um, I'm not even gonna bother trying to rent a boat though. <laughs> <laughs> Or buy one for that matter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so do you want to touch on immigration here to kind of wrap things up? Because it's obviously a, a, a great indicator of what's going to happen in our country uh, looking forward. <clears throat> yeah, this is um, this is interesting. I, I, I looked at a couple uh, articles that came out here on uh, the CIC website, which uh, tracks a lot of ca- Canada's immigration. And um, I think we, we all know that, you know, the immigration policy was to put uh, 401,000 new immigrants in place, permanent residences in place, uh, to continue the growth of um, of Canada's population. Um, some of the stats that we're looking at now, uh, the first quarter has come in uh, 82,000 um, new permanent residences that were brought into the country. A lot of those were already here, um, and some of them were actually uh, temp workers that really helped with uh, getting the pandemic sorted out and the economy back uh, running. So there's been some new avenues to gain um, uh, permanent residency status here. Uh, However, it's still below the 100,000 mark uh, that they need uh, in order to hit 2.1% growth. Right now, um, you know, when you look at the last year, uh, Canada's population has only grown by 0.4%, which is not... Um, anywhere near the numbers they need in order to make up the shortfall from the pandemic. So we're way behind um, is really the story. Um, Another thing that's kind of uh, worrying to me um, is that Canada's growth rate um, is actually, if we don't hit that 2.1%, there's roughly 9 million baby boomers that are set to reach retirement uh, age by this decade. Um, our labor force will be decimated if we don't continue to bring in new immigration. If you think it's hard to find a painter or, uh, you know, a a carpenter or something like that to do an improvement in your home, it's only going to get harder if these immigration numbers don't get hit. In fact, uh, this is a very interesting stat. In 1971, there were 6.6 people of working age for every senior in Canada. Today, there are three so that number has more than halved. And then by 2035, not far from now, we're looking at only two. So the, you know, the newcomers and the future generations will end up having to pay far more in terms of taxes to sustain the public services that we currently rely on. So we need immigration. We need it bad. You know? um, and I'm not quite sure that we're getting it. Um, so interesting stats because this plays into, um, you know, fueling prices and who's buying our homes and, and, you know, uh, it's an important metric to pay attention to, in my opinion. And of course, where the jobs are going to be demanded as well. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to be very light in uh, proper senior care over the next two decades here. And so I think, uh, you know, if that's one place that people considering a new job could be looking at, because I think those are going to be very high paying, very long-term jobs coming up very quickly. Yeah. And in terms of real estate investment too, I mean, um, you know, senior care homes, that kind of thing, if you're looking for bigger multifamily investment uh, type deals, 
I mean, you won't be the first to the punch. They've been, you know, people have been buying those now for the last couple of years uh, because they're they're seeing the same thing, right? So it's, it's a very interesting uh, dichotomy of our rising prices and aging demographic and whether or not we can maintain the immigration needed. Right? I know what so. my grandmother pays for her monthly stay at a uh, care home and it's pretty staggering. So I can understand why uh, it's a desirable asset class. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Well, I think that wraps it up for us today. Obviously, the market is changing. Um, So how does this affect you? Well, if you have been thinking about buying or selling and been waiting for a bit of a shift in the market, please reach out to us. We'd love to explore your specific scenario and uh, if and how we can offer our services to help you. And if you haven't already, please reach down, click that subscribe button and hit that bell so you don't miss your next update. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week. That wraps up this edition of the Vancouver Life Podcast. For more information on this podcast and to access a ton of free downloads, investment opportunities, current market info, and homes for sale, you can find it all at www.thevancouverlife.com. Thanks, and we look forward to bringing you more podcasts about Vancouver real estate.